Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. God's grace and his peace be with you in Christ Jesus. This morning, as we're here together and looking to our great and awesome God that we have, thank you for all of our visitors here this morning. May God bless you also. I'm glad that my family is able to be here this weekend. And I also wanted to take a time in a moment to thank our Bible school teachers for this quarter who finished today in the adult Bible classes, Philippians, and we finished... First Thessalonians and also prayer this last Wednesday evening, afternoon, Wednesday evening. And so we're very thankful for that. And also look forward to Colossians this next, this next quarter, along with uh, All About Jesus on Wednesday nights, where we'll be meeting here together in the auditorium. And it's great because we're going to be talking about him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the gate. I am the shepherd. We're talking about all the I am's and then five titles of him also in Hebrews. And we look forward to that opportunity this summer. And also talking about Colossians, Colossians exalts the Christ of the church. And we want to give him all praise and all glory at all moments in our life. But you know, we've been talking about Philippians and 1 Thessalonians for me a whole lot this quarter. And I wanted to finish off with a lesson on it. Now, those who were in class this morning, I hope you don't go to sleep listening to hear me say a lot of the things I may have said this morning. But we're looking forward to it again. Okay? But I want us to think about it. Paul, when he's writing the church in Philippians, Philippi. The things that was going on to him. He was in prison when he was writing this letter. When the church started, started began there in Philippi. He went to a place of, along the river and Lydia was there with her family. And they preached the gospel and her and her family were baptized. Then later on, just a little bit, they were, as they were there, they were thrown into jail. Paul and Silas. And what were they doing while they were in their jail? Man, I can't stand being here. That's just not so good being here. What were they doing? They were singing and praising God at midnight. In that situation, being in jail, being in prison for something they did not even do. But they're there in prison. And then that big great earthquake happens and the jailer wakes up and he sees those doors open. He says, oh no, the prisoners have left and he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, don't do that. We're all here. And so when he goes in there, he says, brothers, tell me, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus. And he said, they took him to his house and that very night. They were baptized into Christ and the jailer cleaned up the wounds of Paul and Silas at that moment. And so they went back to Lydia's house and told them the joy of not only talking of Christ, but suffering for Christ. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. The very first thing that Paul says in the end of his letter in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 is this. And you can go ahead and put it up there, Jansen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness and be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I want us to remember that this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And just as we talked about this morning, Paul's not writing this in a great moment in his life. He's in prison. How could he be in prison and be talking about joy? And he'd be talking about rejoicing the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Well, we can tell that while he was in prison, those who were there, the guards, heard of the gospel and heard that he was in chains because of Christ. And it says many in his household, many in Caesar's household had been saved because of the gospel of Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? What's happening there in that moment? If we look just a little bit beforehand, in chapter 3, Paul will say, I consider all things garbage. Compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, no matter my position or with the things that I had, everything was rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and knowing him and striving forward to Christ, which is heavenward, where Christ is at the throne, sit at the right hand of God. But not only that, in all of these things that he's talking about, he's talking with Yodi and Syntyche, those women, those sisters in Christ. 
who for some reason had a misunderstanding with each other. And he says, I played with you, I plead with Yodia, and I plead with Syntyche, that y'all get along together in the Lord. Now you see why he said, he said, I plead with Yodia, and I plead with Syntyche. He didn't want one of them to think that he liked one more than the other. I plead with both of them, right? You know, it's like when you have kids, you've got two kids. I plead with you. Okay, I don't use mine. I plead with you, Deborah. Get along with Barbara. I plead with you, Barbara. Get along with Deborah. Right? Okay? Sisters. These sisters in Christ who had battled in the gospel of Christ. But he says something very important. And I think this is where he's wanting to get to when he says here, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I would say rejoice. Look what he says in those verses right beforehand. He told them, Remember those in chapter 4, verse 3. I ask you, my true, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the gospel of Christ, in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Isn't that the greatest joy that we can have? Is to know that our names are written in the book of life. And that's what Jesus is wanting us to get to. Do you remember when the when when the disciples were coming back, and as they were coming back from casting out demons in Luke chapter 10, and he, he sees the, their joy. He says, they, the disciples get back and say, Jesus, even the demons submit to us. And Jesus says, don't rejoice that the demons submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in that fact. Each and every day, you are in Christ, you have eternal life. Your name is written in the book of life, as it says in Revelation chapter 4, chapter 5. When they open up the book of life, your name is going to be there. Your name is written in the book of life. In Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, when some of the people said it's not worth following God anymore, it's not worth following his laws, his, his ordinances, his will. We want to do what we want to do. And it says some of those who were there decided to write their name on a scroll to say, we still honor God. And God said in Malachi chapter 4, they are my treasured possession. Why are they his treasured possession? Because their names were encountered in the book of life. Men and women who decided to follow God's will. To follow it from beginning to end in their lives. When they came to know who this God is. To follow Christ. To be a part of who he is. Not only that, we, we understand these verses here. And we understand that we are in Christ. We are a new creation. And also, not only that. We are in eager anticipation that one day Jesus is coming back. He says, what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is coming. The Lord is near. With that rejoicing, what should we do? Be gentle. Be kind. Only with our brothers and sisters in Christ. No, with everyone. Galatians says, be kind to all, especially the household of believers. How much more should we be an example for the world of what love one another, forgive one another, serve one another, have compassion for one another, should be then the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters doing that. But not only that rejoicing, when Paul was writing to the church in Thessalonica, they were concerned that some of those who had died in Christ are going to miss that moment. 
That moment that's coming when Jesus is going to come back. In fact, Paul would write to him and he would say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. He says, I write these things so you do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Christ Jesus did indeed rise from the dead. And all of those who are dead in Christ shall rise first. And then all of us who are living will be caught up into the Lord and to the sky. What a great and awesome thought. When will this happen? The loud command, the trumpet call of God. Whoa, what a great, a majestic day to think that the Lord is coming. But also in the sense of here, of the Lord is near, that God is close to each and every one here. God is close to each and every single person in this world. As Paul would say in Acts 16 when he's talking to the men in Athens, this God is not far from you. This God is close. This God wants to be God of your life. He wants to give you the peace that passes understanding. And to have that peace that passes understanding, we have to understand that it's not in us, but it's in Christ Jesus. And so that's why we have these reasons to rejoice. Rejoice for the fact that your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice for the fact that no matter how many things we go through in here, we have eternity. Amen. We have eternity to look forward to. And Paul would say in Romans, all of the things that happened to him, being flogged, being thrown into jail, being hungry, being naked, being all of these things that happened to him. He said, for these are light and momentary troubles. Amen. Whew. I don't know, any of us go through a hard time with health, emotionally, physically, any of those things. And Paul says, those are light and momentary troubles. I want to get to that point. To remember, those are light and momentary troubles. And there's something much grander than this world has to offer that Christ offers in heaven through God, God through Christ Jesus. But listen, you know what? We're in this world for now, right? We live in this world. He says in, first, in Philippians chapter 1 that we should live our lives, conduct our lives in a manner worthy of Christ. In Philippians 3, he'll say our citizenship is in heaven. Okay, it is in Christ Jesus, and that is where our citizenship is, and that's what we, who we are a part of now in Christ Jesus. But as long as we're in this world, we're going to be susceptible to what? Anxiety, worry, the things of this world. And we talked about it in the class a little bit, financially, family, materially, all of these things, sin, anxious about not wanting to sin, all of those things, all of these things that are anxieties in our life. And you know, how you, you know how you can know if you're anxious or worried about something? When somebody brings up that thing, that your heart starts pounding a little bit more. Ooh. Or you start sweating a little bit more. Now, now John Seeley would say, Mark, you must have a lot of anxiety because I always sweat a lot, okay? But that's just the way I am anyway, okay? But hey, what I want us to say here is look what he says here to us. Do not be anxious. You can go ahead and put it up on the screen, Jansen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to think about. Remember what Jesus said. He said that to his disciples and to us who are here, he says, 
in this world, you will have trouble. Oh, goodness. That means we're going to go through some hard times? Yes. That means it's going to not always be a bed of roses or however you say that kind of phrase, okay? No, it's not always going to be. But Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take courage. Take heart. I have overcome this world. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than is he that is in this world. Jesus understood that we worry, that we have anxiety. In Matthew chapter 6, when he, in verses 25 through 34, when he's talking about do not worry, do not be anxious. He understood that we have that concept a lot in our lives. But seek first his kingdom and his glory and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus said, it was saying to us, don't worry. Each day has enough trouble of its what? Own, right? Why am I going to worry about tomorrow? Why am I going to be worried about the next day? Each day has enough trouble of its own. Anxiousness, what happens when we're anxious? What happens when we start to worry? We start to lose focus. If we act on anxiety, the wrong anxiety, if we act on it without bringing it to the Lord, we may do something that we regret. We may do something that we do not want to do. But that's not what Paul is saying. Look what he says. If you're anxious, don't be anxious about anything, about any situation. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. We want to overcome anxiety. We've got to have a talk with our Lord. We need to learn to talk to our God and Father. We need to allow to let Him know whatever is on our mind, whatever we're going through. We can't hide it. We may try to, but He knows everything. Isn't it great that we can talk to a Lord who knows our anxieties, who knows what we're going through, and He says, I'm with you. And he says, bring it to me in prayer and in petition, the idea of supplication, the idea of God, this is something very big on my heart. I don't know how to handle it. I can't understand how to handle it. I am anxious about it, but I'm giving it to you, Lord. And look what he says, with thanksgiving. Lord God, I thank you that I can bring this to you in prayer. I thank you, Lord, that I can bring this sin and I confess to you what's going on in my life. And I pray for healing, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this moment of anxiety in my life for perhaps a loss. Anxiety in life for some great joy. Okay? You know, as we're talking about seniors graduating today and, and all of those things. And, and, of course, now I get to experience it a little bit now. Being anxious of what's going to happen in the future. Okay? Uh, Casey Schubert. Okay? I'm not, I'm not calling her out for anything she did wrong. Okay? Casey asked me Wednesday, Mark, have you cried any yet? And I said, if you'd ask me Monday, no. But by Wednesday, yes, I had. Tuesday, when I picked up Deborah, it was like her last full day of class. And I, got, I was driving back. Oh, my eyes got red. Big time red. Like that right there. And it just all hit me all of a sudden. You know what? It was just a little bit while ago. I was taking her to Miss Kim's in, in Tennessee, taking her to the church, uh, taking her to school there in Brazil. And now this moment, bringing her home from her last full day of school. Boy. It hit me hard and thinking about her going off here in the future. Parents, I didn't understand it. Now I'm starting to. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was that hard. Okay? And just like Tim said, 
to Michelle and to Brittany, or to, more, to Michelle at the time, call your mama, right? Don't make your mama anxious, call her. Make your dad, don't make your anxious daddy either, call him also. Anxieties come, and they're going to come up in our life, and we've got to be ready to deal with them. When you start feeling that anxious feeling, go ahead and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but help me. To already take care of whatever it is in my life, Lord. I want the peace that passes understanding. Lord God, help me to be like Paul that when he was in prison, he could understand your peace. Help me be like Paul and Silas that when they were in prison, they could sing to, to you, Lord. Help me to be like Paul when he says, I've learned to be content in any every situation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have a great and awesome God. And God says, and Paul is saying to us, rejoice. The great things that you have in heaven. Bring all of those things to the Lord. Jesus in the garden, in petition, in supplication. Pray to the Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Supplication. And when we talk about prayer, we talk about it really. Giving it all to the Lord. Breaking down on our knees if we have to. And saying, Lord, I'm coming to you humbly says in Hebrews chapter 5 that Jesus was heard because of his reverent submission, his fervent prayer, his clamor, a clamor. Okay, I can't remember the word. In, okay, Michael, clamor. What is that in, in English? Do I? Okay, it's supplication also. Okay, that's good. Okay, listen to what I'm, listen to what I'm crying out, Lord. And learning to do that. Learning to bring all things to our Lord. Kind of like in the movie... The prayer warrior and and all those things where she goes into the closet and starts praying. The first time, it's not so comfortable. First time, it may go just a little while. But with practice and with discipline, we learn to have a prayer life where we can understand that, Lord, whatever comes my way, I'm so thankful I can bring it to you in prayer. And thankful, Lord, that your will be done above all things. May we have that peace to be thankful when all things happen in our life. But look at as he says here, because it says here, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who wants the peace of God? Fully. Amen. We want it fully. If we want the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that means we need to be people of prayer. We need to be a congregation of prayer. We need to be people loving to talk to our God in an intimate relationship. And as it says here, which transcends all understanding. When things happen to us, as those who are in Christ, may we be act different than those who are in the world. That's why Paul said, we do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We have a hope. And as he says here, the peace of God which transcends all understanding. I don't understand how you made it through it. Maybe, I know there are some here that have lost their children. And they are here praising God. There are people here who have had lost their loved ones. And they are here praising God. How can something so hard happen in the lives of people? And they're still here. Still in this place. God loves them. Amen. God loves all of us. And I believe. I believe. There's no doubt in my mind. The peace that passes understanding is with them. And I believe that the anxieties that go through, which there's no doubt, we learn 
in the hardest of times, how we need to bring all of those things to the Lord. May the God of peace be with each and every one of you this morning, who may be thinking of loved ones, as this morning also thinking of Memorial Day weekend. Many have lost loved ones that were fighting for freedom, thinking of freedom. And God be with each and every one of you this morning, thinking of those people that's on your heart and your mind. And may the God of peace be with you at this moment. But may the God of peace be with you in every moment of your life. In great times and hard times, may you always have the peace of God that's in Him. But there's a key, and there's something that can help us to go along the path that the peace of God can continue in our lives. You know what it says here in Philippians, and you can go ahead and put it up on the screen. You're not going to be able to read it unless you have some binoculars, okay? So don't worry about that. I'm going to read it. Chapter 4, verse 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Colossians chapter 3 will say, put your hearts and minds on things above. Have your hearts and minds on things that will bring you closer to the Lord. Are you discouraged? Think about what's pure. Think about what's true. And as one of our brothers or sisters brought out in class this morning, when you see these things, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, these are all things that are about our God. Amen. He is right. He is pure. He is noble. He is lovely. He is admirable. He is praiseworthy in all things. So when we think about those things, we're thinking about the God who is God of gods and King of kings. We're thinking of the God of all peace, as it says. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will be your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Remember this morning that the God of peace is with you. Think about those things. Think about this great and awesome God that we have. And say, Lord God, I'm going to stay fired up for you. I'm going to keep on going with you, Lord. I don't understand it. I don't know why. But Lord, you are God. And can we be like Shadrach, Shadrach, Mezaki, and Abednego? Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, I got to say it in English and in Portuguese to get it out right. Okay, may we be like them. That when they're faced with the fiery furnace and faced with the king saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to burn this thing up seven times more. Because y'all are going to burn real fast. But if you don't kneel down to your God, if you kneel down to me, I won't do it. And he says, listen, king. God, our God can save us from that furnace. But if he does or doesn't, no one thing. We're trusting in him. One of our sisters said this morning. Talking about comfort, the God of all peace, brought up what Norman Miller said about comfort. And we all love our brother Norman Miller, right? We're all looking forward today to be with him again, rejoicing in heaven. But he said that peace, this peace that passes understanding is meant for a Christian. The peace that says, I understand. The peace that says, I am totally confident in the Lord, our Jesus Christ. I'm totally confident that his will be done. May that kind of peace be with us. May we think of him in each and every moment of our Lord and Savior and what he's done for us. May our faith grow in him. May our peace be in him. But may we think of the things that are going to lift us up. We've got a lot of things that can bring us down every day, right? And we've got a lot of worries of every day that can bring us down. But God says, I don't want you to be down. 
Think of the things that are pure. Think of the things that are right. Think of the church family that you have. Think of the family that you have. Think of the job that you have. Think of the people around you that you have. And count your many blessings. Jeremiah, count your many blessings. Did he, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord again. I say rejoice. He said it while he's in prison. Jeremiah says, count your many blessings to the Lord. Why? Because he was having a great time. No, he was thrown in a, <laughs> thrown in a hole with mud up to here. And he still said, count your many blessings. And he also said, what else? The mercy of the Lord renews every day. Wake up every morning. Lord God, your mercy renews today. Thank you, Lord. And may that give me the strength to rejoice this day, to know that whatever happens, Lord, I'm with you, Lord. And not only that, Philippians chapter 4, very important. And we talked about it a little bit this morning also in verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul's talking about him, with this special relationship that he had with the church in Philippi, put it into practice. You can go ahead and put it up there on the screen, Jansen. Put it into practice. Listen to what he says. We all want the peace of God, right? We want the God of peace. We want the peace that passes understanding. We understand, God says here, this is, you want the peace of God that passes understanding? Rejoice in Him that your names are written in the book of heaven. Don't be anxious by prayer and supplication. Do those things with thanksgiving and the God of peace will be with you. And also, think of good things, whatever is noble, pure. Think about those things. Now, that's what it says. Now what? Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Paul says, if you've seen anything good in me, put it into practice. Anything that you received, heard, learned, put it into practice. God, help me this day to think of the things that are in you. Lord God, help me with my anxieties today to bring them to you. Help me, Lord, to put it into practice. Lord God, may my life not reflect just with words, but with actions, as James says. Lord God, it says that the God of peace will be with us, but we need to put it into practice. And so the challenge for us this morning, all of us, no matter if you're young or old, look at those who have been and who are an example for you. Those who have gone on to be with the Lord, remember them. And the things that they've done that you remind you that you had learned from them, that you'd heard from them, that you had received from them. And remember, look at those around you that are examples this morning. Thank them for being an example for you. The challenge for us, for the God of peace to be with us, to put it into practice. And put it into practice means I need to be looking for those that are living that and living that peace. Lord God, help me to look to someone and help me to learn from them and help me to receive from them, Lord, your grace, your mercy, and to understand this peace that passes understanding. And the other part and the other challenge is that we be the example. Amen? We look to those who are examples. We be the example. May we be people that people look at and they see the light of Christ. That we represent Christ that we look like Christ. And you know what? When they see us like Christ, it's not for our glory, right? It's for His glory. From beginning to end, it's for His glory. That's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, when you do something good, don't even let your left hand 
know what your right hand is doing. Give all the glory to the Lord. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says this. Whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the Lord and the God of peace be with you. This morning I'm asking you, do you have the peace of the Lord? If you don't have the peace of the Lord, He's offering it this morning. Salvation, full and free in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 says that we've, been, we've received all, all sufficient Christ. He's all sufficient. And that we receive in bodily form all of that that is of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus died for us. And now that we're in Him, rooted and established in Him, we were circumcised in Him, not with one by the flesh, but circumcised by Christ when we were buried with Him in baptism and raised by the faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Be buried with Him today. And know, rising out of that water, you are a new creation. You have had your sins forgiven by the blood of Christ Jesus and what He did on the cross and by His promise. And live that life each and every day. This morning also... If you're struggling, and you say, I haven't had the peace as I've wanted lately in my life. If you want the prayers of this church, we want to pray for you. You know what? One of the greatest things that you can know is when you're seeking peace, when you, if you were to come and ask for prayers this morning, it's because we all are seeking the same thing as well. And we want to help each other to get there also. Let's put it into practice. Let's not forget, as these four things say, rejoice in the Lord always. Don't be anxious about everything, but by prayer and petition, give those things to the Lord. Think about things that are from above and not things from this earth. And may the God of peace be with you as we put it into practice in our lives every day. Live the life of Christ. If you have any need, come as we stand and sing this morning and honor our God. And if you have any prayer, come as we stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.